first story it's so, a doozy it is we're gonna jump we're gonna jump into it and this story is gonna kind of lead us into the subject of today which is adrenochrome so and it's not anything good no but welcome to the show i'm cody and this is heath and we're ready conspiracy one now before we start this off we do have a new review that we're going to read mm-hmm. and uh we enjoy your reviews we do, and it's awesome, and I it it really drives us. It helps kind of push us, helps us know what we're doing, and you know if what we're doing is good and right, uh, not necessarily. You know, is that a sentence? I don't know. Yeah, I like it though. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. Though. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, that felt weird. Awesome. But uh, this comes from MJ McNay on Apple Podcast. She says, ten out of ten. This podcast has me laughing so hard. And makes my work day and commutes to school go by so fast. Can't wait to hear more, especially about things here in Kentucky, which we are going to do some more things here in Kentucky as we move forward. She's being way too kind because I do <laughs> not think we're that funny. I mean, we, we do what we can. That's fun, though. Yeah. I, that's, uh, I'm flattered. I like to think well, that I'm funny. Some of our, I guess, less serious episodes and episodes that are a little bit more whimsical in nature, we we do... You know, I, I think we're a, a tad bit comical in those, but now I'm going to try too hard. Now she's put <laughs> so much pressure on me. I'm like, God, what's funny to say right now? Yeah, this, <sighs> no. this isn't even a conspiracy podcast anymore. <laughs> These guys are just trying to write stand up. I'm going to throw a pie in Cody's face. They can't even see it. I don't care. You're going to hear it. There it went. Oh, God. Well, now that we've had a good laugh. Thank you, MJ McNay. Yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into this. A little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna lead off here with what is infamously known as the Los Angeles fetus disposal scandal. And there goes the jokes, right? <laughs> Every bit of comedy or comic relief that we had We've to start off down. is gone. But this happened in 1982, and I wanted to kind of go over this because it does lead in a little bit, possibly to, you know, when we start talking about adrenochrome and stuff a little bit. But it was just, I don't know, it was a jacked up story. Of course. And I'm good at finding those, Anna. I I can find some messed up stuff. You need to get more sleep. I think I need my brain examined. (laughs) But this happened in 1982 uh, when a grisly discovery was made of over 16,000 aborted fetuses being improperly stored. Well, I say improperly stored. But uh, at a man named Malvin Weisberg's Woodland Hills, California home. Mm. It was deemed a national tragedy by then-President Ronald Reagan, and the case would become known as the Los Angeles fetus disposal scandal. Now, Malvin Weisberg operated medical analytical laboratories in Santa Monica, California, from 1976 until March of 1981, when they closed shop. Uh, He lived in an upscale neighborhood in Woodland Hills on the western side of L.A.'s San Fernando Valley. So this kicks off. He started making payments on a large land-sea storage container from the Martin Container Company in Wilmington in 1980, and the container measured 20 foot long by 8 foot wide and 8 foot tall. 
Weisberg's first check, his first check for $1,700 bounced. Mm. And subsequent payments were not sent. Weisberg eventually defaulted. And in return, on February 3rd, 1982, the Martin Company came to repossess the container. They sent a truck and driver to the home. The truck included a rig to slide the box up on the rails with a winch. But due to the weight of the container, them not knowing, but containing all of those corpses, the winch subsequently broke. Now, as if matters couldn't get any worse, the driver was also attacked by a dog while attempting to retrieve the container, and animal control had to be called out. Now, Nick Martin, who is the owner of Martin Container, um, after being contacted by the driver, instructed the driver to wait and had another company come out with a crane to go out to the property and assist the driver. Now, apparently this driveway was really narrow. They had back this big-ass crane back up in there to lift this container to put it on a truck. <laughs> go get a crane. Now, the container was lifted and placed on the Martin Company truck, and the container was brought to the Martin Yard in Wilmington. On February 4th, workers opened the doors to the container that was then parked in the container yard, and they were overwhelmed with the smell of yeah. decaying human flesh. Ooh. Which I can't even imagine. No. And it gets even worse when you start thinking about the smell aspect of it. But upon looking inside the container, they saw bodies strewn amongst open boxes and plastic buckets. The scene was described by one of the workers as a war zone and reported watching a headless body tumble forward when they opened the doors. According to a later story from Cal Thomas, a man named Gillette, uh, or Gillette, I don't know, it's spelled like Gillette the Razor, but I don't know if it's Gillette or Gillette. But he spoke of seeing hands torn off and grown men weeping and vomiting. And later, when reporters arrived and interviewed him, um, he told them, you stand there and stare at a ripped apart baby for 15 minutes like I did. You stand there and count the fingers and look at the legs with little kneecaps that have been torn off the body. You stand there and try to find the head only to realize there ain't no head. You do just like I did, and then you tell me how you feel. Oh, like I can't imagine. It's one thing to be like prepared for something like that, but to be absolutely unprepared and then. Right. You just went and repossessed this container and you open it up and that's what you see inside. I can't imagine. But employees of the Martin Container Company called L.A. County Health Department, and they began, the health department began transferring the bodies to the county coroner's office. Now, the initial press conference on February 5th, 1982, by the L.A. County Health Department said up to 500 fetuses were found. Hmm. On the 24th of February, the count was raised to approximately 2,000. Okay. So we're talking in a matter of like That's a jump. 19 days. We went from 500 to 2,000, with the majority of them coming from the container and approximately two to 300 coming from Weisberg's garage. So they weren't just limited to the container. Now, in May of, of, May of 82, the tally was estimated up to 17,000. And finally, later, it was set at 16,431. A count of 193 of the fetuses were said to be over 20 weeks gestation and the oldest at almost 30 weeks. Mm. Now, just west of L.A. County and the USC Medical Center at the coroner's office, 
Dr. Eva Hauser, along with Dr. Joseph Wood, weighed, measured, and performed autopsies on at least 43 of the larger infant bodies. They concluded that some of the bodies had been dead for more than two years. All the bodies were severely mutilated through salt poisoning or dismemberment with surgical knives. And some of the bodies still had labels that identified the abortionists. Mm. The smell, flies, sight of all the mangled infant corpses made the autopsy procedure incredibly difficult for the doctors, which I can't even imagine. Right. No, I wouldn't want to. Now, Weisberg's medical analytical laboratories received $175,000 in Medi-Cal payments with 88000 coming from pathology tests on aborted fetuses. Half of this money was paid federally through the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. By the Hyde Amendment, this money was ineligible for testing on pre-abortion or post-abortion tissue, which meant the state of California would have to pay back federal funds claimed by Weisberg and by any other labs. This is according to Health and Human Services Inspector Richard P. Cusero. Uh, He also stated, and this is his quote here, prior to its closing in April of 1981, the medical analytical laboratories had routinely submitted questionable billings under the Medi-Cal program using an erroneous billing code. The case lacked criminal prosecutive merit due to the lack of proof that the false billings were intentional. Because the laboratory was out of business and its owner had declared bankruptcy, there were no assets against which to proceed for civil recovery. Mm. So it got left up to L.A. County to pay all this stuff back. I bet they're happy. All right. The reason it's believed that Weisberg kept so many of these bodies stored at his home was due to the strict rules from the L.A. Air, Air Pollution Control District that limited on-site incineration, so disposal would have meant burying them in the L.A. area or shipping them somewhere out of the area. And I guess these were costs that Weisberg wasn't willing or capable of bearing. He also would have had little chance to sell the bodies since they were kept in formaldehyde and could not be used for research or other purposes. Hmm. That's not to say that things didn't happen prior because they said a lot of them had been mutilated. Right. So... You know, he may have been taking parts and selling them before he stored them. Right. But with L.A. County now in possession of the bodies, they had to decide how to dispose of them. In 1982, President Reagan wrote a letter advocating for memorial services for these children, referring to it as the national tragedy. The matter came in front of the judge because of a lawsuit filed against Vandekamp by Carol Downer of the Los Angeles Feminist Women's Health Center and the American Civil Liberties Union. Now, John Lynch, who is the chief deputy uh, ca- uh, county council, county council, that's hard to say back to back. County council. Yeah. Stated that it was in- inappropriate to enjoin Vandekamp, who is simply a man in the middle, and that the lawsuit should be filed against abortion rights groups instead. In June of 1982, Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Dickren Tavrizian. That's an odd name. He's been bullied enough. I've practiced that name, and I still, as soon as I got to it, it was like, uh. I know Calrissian. Got it. But Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Dickren Tavrizian 
issued a temporary restraining order against Vandekamp to prevent the unconstitutional release of the fetuses to groups for burial, but allowed him to legally dispose of the fetuses called vague by John Lynch, the chief deputy county counsel. In 1982, October of 1982, Vandekamp petitioned the court to allow the burial of all but the 193 late-term fetuses in common graves at Valhalla Memorial Park Cemetery, which offered free burial. Fetuses were not buried at Valhalla, which later stated it offered the burial plot because the right to life groups came to us and we said we wouldn't endorse any political viewpoint, but we thought that entering the bodies was a proper thing to do as a service. Yeah. In December 1982, the Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Eli Chernow ruled the 20-week limit was unconstitutional, also ruling that Vandekamp could bury the fetuses and anti-abortion groups could hold on-site memorial services. By July 1983, the district attorney was Robert Filibosian, who stated he preferred a dignified burial and would not file charges. In July 1984, just keeps going. But in July 1984, the California Courts of Appeals overturned Superior Court of Los Angeles County Judge Eli Chernow, ruling the fetuses could not be buried as human remains, which was a win for abortion groups and feminists. I would, would, would hate to do that a service. Right. The case had been appealed by Carol Downer of the Los Angeles Feminist Women's Health Center and the American Civil Liberties Union and was denounced by the California Pro-Life Medical Association, the Catholic League. The appealing parties argued that allowing anti-abortion groups to bury the remains violated the separation of church and state. The court's opinion stated, It is clear from the record that the Catholic League is a religious organization which regards a fetus as a human being and abortion as murder. While this specific belief may well cross sectarian lines, any state action showing a preference for this belief will be strictly scrutinized and must be invalidated. Since fetal remains are normally incinerated without ceremony, there was no reason to do otherwise with the fetuses, stating, We perceive that the intended burial ceremony will enlist the prestige and power of the state. This is constitutionally forbidden. However, religious services could hold concurrent on-site memorial services which was praised by U.S. President Ronald Reagan in a letter to California Pro-Life Medical Association admiring their decision to, to hold a memorial service for these children. Philobosian announced he would appeal the ruling allowing on-site memorial services. In, in October 1984, U.S. Supreme Court Justice uh, William Rehnquist refused to overturn the state appeals court ruling allowing the religious ceremonies. This was officially upheld by the Supreme Court in March of 1985. No criminal charges were filed against Weisberg or any of the parties involved because it was determined that Weisberg had stored the specimens properly but had not disposed of them due to financial difficulties. Now, there's a lot of information. It's, it's all kind of packed in there. It's and a there's a lot of legal stuff that went on. It's a lot. But when you really sit down and you, you break it down, over 16,000 fetuses were discovered. And the main concern that happened here wasn't the fact that all of these had been stored at this dude's house. Yeah, mutilated. 
but the concern was in the burial and disposal because you had one group that said they're not people, they're not human. And then another group that's like, yeah, they are. They need to be buried and memorialized. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that, but that's, you know, beside the point of yeah. everything that's going on here, but no criminal charges were filed because he had, uh, stored them properly. He just hadn't disposed of them. And even though this is like a horrifying story, it's not an isolated incident hmm. either. There've been several quote unquote doctors that have been found storing thousands of infant bodies in their homes and on their properties. And a fairly recent one is in 2019 of Dr. Ulrich Klopfer, which upon his death at the age of 79, he was found to have 2,246 sets of preserved fetal remains stacked floor to ceiling in a garage at his suburban home in Chicago, with another 165 sets found weeks later in the trunk of a Mercedes Benz at a business where he kept several cars. And no one's questioning why he's just hanging on to these things like bottle caps. like. Well, and this this is what brings us into like the adrenochrome stuff. So why why would all of these um doctors and abortionists keep these remains? Yeah, there's there's got to be a rhyme or reason. Right? You know, there's you don't just keep, collect these. Yeah. If you do, then there's a special place for you in a special place. Yeah, it's called a sanitary. That's where you're going to stay. <laughs> but it's it's kind of weird. And as we get into adrenochrome, it'll make sense as to why we chose this story to kind of lead into it a right, little bit here. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to kind of get that out there because I had never heard of this. I and this know. is a huge, granted this happened before I was born, but you would think something like this and subsequent events. Well, the one in 2019, I don't even remember. No, I wouldn't even heard of that. No. It, it, it stayed pretty local. Apparently. It happened there. Um, but we're going to jump into adrenochrome now, and we'll make the tie back as sure. we kind of go yeah. through it. So we're going to get into the science of adrenochrome first and kind of what it is. Yeah, I didn't cross the science when I was doing my own research, so I'm interested to hear. That's, that's where I started is the actual scientific basis sure. of what it is and uh, kind of how it's used. And it, it, actually, it actually does have some medical uses. So it's not something that's, you know, too outlandish. Now, when you get into what it's uh, reported to be used for, it's a bit out there. It's getting wild. Yeah. But in the realm of the actual science and scientific data and backing and stuff, there's a little bit more to it. But, you know, what is adrenochrome? So adrenochrome is actually a chemical compound that is produced by the oxidation of adrenaline or epinephrine. And the oxidation reaction uh, that converts adrenaline into adrenochrome occurs both in vivo, meaning within the living, or studies that test effects of various biological entities on a whole living organism or cells, generally animals, plants, things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's produced by your body. But it's also uh, produced in vitro, meaning within the glass or in a laboratory environment using test tubes, petri dishes, etc but it's produced naturally by your body. Like you make it, it's the oxidation of adrenaline okay. in the adrenal gland. So it's been studied for many years in the 1950s and sixties, several small scale studies, which involved like 15 or less test subjects 
were conducted and reported that adrenochrome triggered psychotic reactions like thought disorder or derealization. And it's been attributed to playing a role in schizophrenia Hmm. and other mental illnesses. And it was claimed to be a neurotoxic psychotomimetic. That is a mouthful of a word. That's that's a bold word. Psychotomimetic substance, substance, meaning it mimics the symptoms of psychosis, delusions and delirium, as opposed to like hallucination. Now, according to researchers Abram Hoffer and Humphrey Osmond in 1954, or this is according, sorry, this is according to researchers Abram Hoffer and Humphrey Osmond in 1954. This adrenochrome theory of schizophrenia dissipated and waned despite some evidence that it may be psychotomimetic because it was not detectable in people with schizophrenia. Now, interest began to rise again in the early 2000s. Uh, by the discovery that adrenochrome may be produced normally as an intermediate in the formation of neuromelanin, which is found in higher concentrations in humans than in other primates, and the concentrations increase with age, which suggests a role in neuroprotection, which refers to the relative preservation of neural structure and or function. So like cerebral palsy and stuff like that. Okay. Um, adrenochrome can be made synthetically and adrenochrome's main medical use is to slow blood loss by promoting clotting and open wounds and it's available for purchase online. Like you can buy it. Um, but mostly by, you know, for researchers. Description. Um, most outlets that sell it state that its source is synthetic and it use and its uses are the inhibition of COMT which deactivates certain neurotransmitters and the synthesis of, I'm going to mess these words up. Prostag, prostaglins. You're doing better than me. I don't know. It's, it's nope. a weird like word, it. uh, which are, but they're fats that are involved with blood clotting. Okay. So when your body like produces its own adrenochrome, it's kind of like part of the fight or flight method. Sure. You know, the rush of oxygen in there and oxidates, oxidates that adrenaline. And it helps, like, if you get cut or something, help promote clotting and things. So it's part, kind of part of that fight or flight method, which plays into some of the later theories here. Mm -hmm. So the scientific aspect to adrenochrome, it's a real compound. It really does exist. But, you know, why why is it so popular? What's the buzzword that seems to be, you know, why does it seem to be everywhere, especially right now? And it ties in somewhat to something else that we're going to discuss in greater detail in a later episode, and that being Pizzagate. Right. Uh, but anyway, let's, we're going to get into the conspiracy behind it a little bit here. Sure. So we talked about the fight or flight, and the belief is that celebrities, politicians, global elites, they're harvesting the blood of children for adrenochrome to keep their virility, stay youthful, and stay young looking. Now, the reason that the whole oxidation of adrenaline and the fight or flight kind of gets brought up is it's believed that they're taking these kids and basically like terrifying, torturing these kids to get them to produce it. And then they're taking their blood and getting the adrenochrome from it and using that to do it. That's intense. Now rumors of this date back all the way to the dark ages uh, with Jewish people being accused of drinking the blood of young children. So this has been around for a long time. Vampires. 
I mean, that could be part of, you know, some yeah. of the stuff behind Vampire, too. Yeah, because you don't just get that out of nowhere, out of thin air. No. But, so this is a belief that's been around for a long time, but it's really kind of come more to a head in uh, recent years. Like, it's like it comes up, and then it dies off for a little bit, and then it comes right. back, and then, you know, but it's always kind of been around. Now, there's no question that there's a problem in our country in regards to human trafficking, specifically child trafficking. And yeah, we, it, it, it happens. Yeah. And we highlighted that in our Franklin cover up episode. And as we move forward, you know, we'll talk about Pizzagate in in regards to that. But the theory is that a lot of these children are used in the harvesting of adrenochrome for these elites. And it's said that the younger the specimen, the more potent and more dramatic the effects of the adrenochrome are. This also plays into the story and similar stories that are more prevalent than most would really like to believe about abortionists housing large amounts of aborted fetuses, because not only is the adrenochrome reportedly used to keep the elites youthful, but also the bodies of aborted fetuses and potentially being used in satanic rituals and these same elites within the circle of Illuminati. But tying into the story that we started with, we get into the body part stuff. Right. And this is not um hidden. This is mm-hmm. out in the open. Yeah. And it's been on the Steve Harvey show. It's mm-hmm. been on Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. Uh Sandra Bullock has talked about yeah. it. But they've got this skin cream that's supposed to help reduce the effects of aging that actually uses fetal tissue. More specifically, <laughs> hit, hit the specifics of it. <laughs> More specifically, um, foreskin. Foreskin. Yeah. From so, babies. Right. They're using baby foreskin. Now, we're not saying this. Like, no, Sandra this Bullock there. said like, this. You can find you clips can on find YouTube. It. Yes. Like, it's not real hard. She no. talks about it on Ellen. Yeah. And you can find it on the Steve Harvey show. Like, she puts it in his hand. And like smears it around on his hand and stuff. Yeah. And he's joking. And then she tells him what's in it. And he's like, yeah. you son of a. <laughs> yeah. What well, makes me laugh is he, he, he hears foreskin and he's freaking out. And then she says that it's a baby's foreskin. And he goes, oh, well, that makes it better. I thought yeah. it was a grown man's foreskin. I'm like, yeah. how does that make it better? How is that better? It's it, the yeah. baby turns into an adult. You get right. that, right? Maybe. Maybe. But that kind of plays Not into willing. the, you know, the abortion of storing all these bodies. Are they storing them? Uh, like, are they getting the parts that they need initially that they need, I guess, you know, for back of a letter word, fresh? Sure. Um, or are they keeping these bodies in order to, you know, basically part them out like an old car to, you know, be put into all of these different yeah. substances that these celebrities and high-ranking people are using? Yeah. It It kind of brings that question to a head when you see that it's not just an isolated event that this is happening, that this is happening fairly regularly that these doctors and abortionists are keeping these remains and storing them yeah, and have vast quantities of these storages. This, this kind of brings us to the synthetic side a little bit. So we're, we're going to move away from the natural, I guess, side of this and kind of go to the synthetic side of adrenochrome for a second. And uh, this kind of ties to the recent pandemic a little bit that has plagued so much of the world over the last couple of years 
Interesting. Now, we all know the controversy surrounding the Wuhan lab mm-hmm. and the coronavirus. But outside of all this, which is a web of nightmares to attempt to navigate itself, but there are over 4,000 patents for synthetic adrenochrome. But when you look at the vendors for the chemical compound, the Wuhan Corporation is at the top of the list. Of course they are. They are numero uno when it comes to vendors for synthetic adrenochrome, which is odd to say the least. Hey, which one's the COVID and which one's the anti- What's yeah. the word? Yeah, I, don't, I can't maybe, remember the tube. Uh, send them this one. Wrong tube. Yeah, maybe that's maybe how that that's how that got started. <laughs> COVID was an accident. Somebody sent out wrong tube. COVID instead of adrenochrome. But this also kind of brings about this other company called Ambrosia. And you haven't heard about Ambrosia. No, I'm still laughing at the fact that there's <laughs> adrenochrome in one hand and COVID in the other. And they're like, uh, which one is it again? Uh, I, just, I don't remember. Just send them one and see what happens. Hey, man, we started a world pandemic. Uh, <laughs> my cool. bad. That's my bad. <laughs> I grabbed the wrong vial. But this, I, I kept this. I didn't keep this out of the notes when I sent them to you. But uh, I found it a little bit later and kind of interjected it because it, it kind of plays into it here. But there's a company called Ambrosia. Now, Ambrosia, if you look at history, is the food of the gods. Now, yeah. this is not to be mistaken for Ambrosia salad that we know. It's completely different. Ambrosia was like this gelatin kind sure. of stuff that the gods ate. And it was, you know, the food of the gods. But anyway, uh, there's a company called Ambrosia. And its entire goal is to keep you youthful. And it claims to be able to do so using the blood of 16 to 25-year-olds. Now, granted, right, this is... I'm out of there. Granted, this is outside of the range of what has been discussed as optimal for adrenochrome. And the company doesn't claim to really use adrenochrome. But it's interesting, to say the least. And their website actually stated that it was the blood of 25 and younger. Which is suspicious. Like, when they talk about it, they say 16 to 25-year-olds, but they state it's 25 and younger. So... When did this come about? Well... Is there a time frame? I'll kind of get to that a little bit. Okay, okay. Because I, I got some good points to make that kind of just, it makes sense. Well, they claim to be able to do this via blood slash plasma transfusions. And the company company even mentions Jeff Bezos as one of the people that's highly interested in their work and research, as well as companies like Google and things like that. Like oh. there's these big level companies that are interested in their research. This is my shocked face. But, <laughs> but they charge... Upwards around fifty five hundred dollars for a liter of blood. Okay, where do I sign up? Wait, now, no, I'm now 30. this this is uh, well, and the funny thing, you got to be at least thirty years or older to participate. I'm in that weird spot, <laughs> right? Mm. But um, now they charge fifty five hundred. Originally, they charged eight thousand dollars per liter, and this is back around like twenty nineteen. Eight thousand dollars a liter. But you got a deal. You got a discount if you bought two liters. It's only twelve thousand dollars. So, okay. but anyway, <laughs> they're sending um, out Groupons. <laughs> they charge they charge upwards around fifty five hundred dollars for a liter now, and eight thousand for two liters now. But the owner and founder of this company, a man named Doctor Jesse uh, Karazman, he had he had previously had a company that did basically the same thing called uh, X Vitality Sciences, and this was located in Peru and the Ukraine. Huh. Again, perfect. Kind of, yeah. 
Kind of odd. But the company was forced to shut its doors in August of 2020. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was by the FDA due to concerns, um, due to concerns and no proven like health benefits behind sure. it. And they were like, Hey, you really can't do this and advertise it as this. But according to reports, they have since reopened and are back in business as of 2021. They basically had an eight month shutdown. Now there's no word that anything changed with the FDA. So it can really only be assumed that, uh, Cramson reopened just basically because he either didn't care what the FDA had to say about the company or his lawyers were like, they can't do anything to you. So if you want to reopen, you can. So they reopened, but it's not as many offices as they originally had. They originally had like five different ones across the U S but now they have one office that's uh, open again in San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. And you can actually sign up to be a part of the clinical trial. But they don't have any trial results posted. Bring my gat with me. Like, keep it on my chest. Like, sure, you can have it. You try me, I'm gonna <laughs> like, use this. They they had they have a link on their website that had like trial results. When you clicked on it, it was blank. They didn't post <laughs> they didn't post any trial results. And the website, which was ambrosiaplasma.com, it disappeared as of like March nineteenth of this year, twenty twenty two. Uh, the only way that I could find it, and it, it was weird, I had to use the Wayback Machine to... Don't tell them about your time machine. <laughs> well, I had, to, I had to use that to find, like, take a look at the website. Right. It was a single-page static website, and that was it. You would think, okay. like, a company like this that was, you know, doing something like this, it would be, you know, a pretty in-depth type of website. No, just straight no, to the point. Single-page, this is what it is. Click here, you know, for trials, blah, blah, blah. Give me your blood, and I'll pay you, that's yeah. it. It was just huh. a single page. And they claim to get uh, the blood from, you know, U.S. blood banks is where they were getting the blood from. So, like, they were well, getting legit blood and they're using it to do these transfusions. And the owners, it, the owner actually put his parents through it and everything. So, yeah. Willingly <laughs> or like strapped them down and, <laughs> I don't hey, man, know. take us real quick. But that that's kind of like, it was just weird and like it just plays into it a little bit too For well. sure. You know. For sure. So what were some of the thoughts that you had? With it? Well, it, it, that kind of makes sense. You know, you give that, it's the age for me, right? It's right. so specific. It's kind of like, nowadays you look, what's happening to people in that age group? Right. They're getting hit with so much like opportunities, I guess air quotes, for fame. Yeah. Quick fame. Not not like long lasting longevity movie stars, children stars. That that's not a thing anymore. Right. Quick fame. I can make you famous on exactly on a social media real quick if you do A, B, and C for me. Right. Well B's giving blood. Well, and if they are if you know, they're doing it they're disguising it as blood and plasma transfusions, but if they're doing it for like adrenochrome, you look at uh the youth of today. And how much anxiety and depression and all this stuff that is plaguing, you know, the younger generation nowadays. And that could play a factor into it. And the reason that they need this blood is because this blood is producing more adrenochrome because of all these anxieties and depressions and all these conditions. So, and then to to use something such as like politics to get your blood boiling in a sense, right. To be so like, 
concerned with things that are out of your control to get you to feel some type of way, maybe that activates what they need. Right, and it very well, very well could. Now, adrenochrome has been... No wonder they won't legalize weed. Calm <laughs> down too much. Yeah, everybody be all chill. do that. No. But adrenochrome has been referenced a lot in books and movies, too. And probably the two most prominent and popular include... Dracula. Well, Twilight. <laughs> the two most popular include Aldous Huxley's book, Doors of Perception. And in this book, it was written... This book was written after the first adrenochrome studies. Mm. Back in like 1954. And he described it as a clue that was, quote unquote, being systematically followed. So it's just a short reference in that. And there's a lot of uh, ties into like mescaline and like drugs, you know, things like that. And it's effects being like drugs. And I think, I think it was him that talked about, um, talked about it and but he had never taken it and was just curious as to how to acquire it but anyway uh another popular reference to it is in the 1998 film uh Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and in this movie by Hunter S Thompson Johnny Depp's character takes adrenochrome oh in the movie and it's called adrenochrome like it's that's what it is but it's portrayed as a psychedelic so in these movie references and stuff and pop culture reference to it, there are a lot of references to it being like a psychedelic and like a drug. And, you know, that could be a way to like kind of throw people off a little bit that don't know what it is. They might just think, oh, well, it's like LSD. I could definitely see it being referenced in the movie Get Out, right? So you mm-hmm. think of all the old people wanting the youthfulness right. of everyone else and right. using different bodies and transferring over. I mean, that's, that's spot on. Well, when you look at like movies and stuff like that, there are a lot of references in movies of people using blood to stay young oh, yeah. and to stay youthful. Oh, yeah. It's never said that why they do it or anything like that, but it would make sense. And even in the legend and, you know, uh, stories of like vampires, people are terrified when right. it happens. And then, you know, vampires feed on the blood and, you know, they remain immortal. So, I mean, this, I mean, it could be one of those things that, you know, maybe it does to an extent. And when you, especially when you look at celebrities and ones that are, I guess, the most commonly accused of using it and doing it and stuff. And you look at celebrities and you're like, oh yeah, she's, she or he is, you know, 55, 60 years old. And you're like, huh? It yeah, it break, 30. It breaks my heart because it's like I think of Keanu Reeves and Paul Rudd, two of my favorite actors. It's kind of like right. suspicion is kicking <laughs> yeah. in because you guys look really youthful. Yeah. Maybe they're just that fun and chill. That's what I want to think of them. Well, they're not doing it, it no way. It could be one of those things, too, that, that like they have the accessibility and the resources to things that we may not Diets necessarily have, you know, right, with diet and all that stuff that can play a factor in keeping right. you youthful and keeping you looking youthful. But when you look at some, like a lot of celebrities and stuff um, that like get up into their fifties and sixties and some right. of them even into their seventies and they're still playing roles and acting as like 20 and 30 years old and still look that way. Oprah. Yeah. I'll uh, say it. Well, Oprah and, and she's referenced in um, with a like lot. the skin cream, yeah. especially and in the Steve Harvey show when they do that, 
They specifically talk about Oprah, and Oprah uses it as a facial cream. Yep. So the it's not outside the realm of possibility by no. any means. But it's one of those things that it's uh, it, there's a lot that points to the fact that it could be. You know, it could be used in that manner. But it's the way that it's obtained that is creepy and right. just really kind of out there. because. And when you look at the problem that we have with especially like child trafficking and the amount of children that go missing every year and things like that, like it almost, and it, it, it's, it's hard to say and it's hard to even like fathom that it could be a possibility that part of the reason that that goes on as prevalent, prevalently as it does is because it's being used in this manner. You know, it's not necessarily. Um, in reference to like necessarily like a sex trade, right. but you know, it could be used in this manner for, you know, these high profile, yeah. high ranking people. You got, you got to think there's a possibility of everything because people don't just go missing just to go missing. Right. They, they just, go missing for a reason. Right. And it, it's, I don't know. It's just one of those things that's it. It's really out there and it's kind of like, you don't want to think that it's possible, but there's so much evidence that kind of points to the possibility that it could be. Right. That it's hard to deny and it's hard to look past. And granted, there are, you know, like we went over, there are scientific, there is scientific data behind it and it shows what it does and things like that. And there's synthetic adrenochrome that's available, which that also plays back into, and I, I brief it, briefly mentioned it earlier, but with the, um, the potential that it could be being used in, or the potential with the relation to like satanic rituals and things like that. Mm. Cause the Illuminati has a lot of satanic bindings to yeah, it. A lot. So if we're getting to the point where there's more synthetic available and it is be able to be produced synthetically, then, and this ties back into the abortionist thing with keeping all the fetuses and things, they may not be using live, uh, I guess people anymore in these ritual, in these rituals. But they yeah. might be, you know, still involving, you know, aborted fetuses and things like that as part of these rituals. So it is a possibility that, you know, there could be a tie there. Since there's now the synthetic, you don't have to have a living being anymore to create it and extract it to carry out these rituals. But it could still be a possibility that you've got some entity that's being used. And there's people that don't worry about it because they don't consider that a life at all. So it's like, right. oh, just a thing. And that's what like kind of made me like almost like pissed off when I was looking into it was the fact that especially in the LA scandal that the concern wasn't that all of these were found. Yeah. Like why? It was why is this here. The the controversy came with the disposal. I can't like, believe you would put it in the ground. Yeah. And like, it was just, it was kind of crazy. Do you want me to leave it in the thing and let you smell it? Like, yeah. what do you want me to do here? But it, it all kind of like rolls a little bit too coherently into the whole adrenochrome conspiracy Definitely. of what it is. And it's just kind of out there and it's a little bit weird. And the fact that it's been around for so many years. Long, long time. And so much time that you get to study and find. Right. Yeah. Like the study started in the 50s. But stories of blood being used to keep people youthful and especially like with legends of vampires and 
like with Jewish people back in um, the dark ages being accused of drinking children's blood. And, you know, it's not something that's new. It's not something that's just come out in the last, you know, 15 or 20 years. We're talking about something that's dating back thousands of years that has just somehow managed to carry through. So there almost has to be some level of truth to it to an extent in order to carry it into now. Right. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things that's kind of weird. It's one of the things it's hard to find information on it. It's hard to really find anything when it comes to, you know, the nitty gritty, I guess, of the conspiracy itself. Yeah. But when you really get into it and you really bear down, you really start looking at all the stuff and it's all playing together and it's all factoring into each other that you can't really put it outside the realm of possibility. Was any of this quote unquote debunked? You know how we run into a lot of stuff and it's like debunked, debunked, debunked. Well, a lot of what I was looking at was like they were specifically because it's the last few years with Q, QAnon. Mm -hmm. It was like QAnon's outrageous theory and, you know, it was all throwing shade at it. Right. And that happens a lot when light gets shed on something that there is a possibility of reality to it. A lot of shade gets thrown to it. And I, I noticed that a lot when I was trying to find information. So huh. keep your minds open. I mean, you got to. I mean, there's there's a rhyme and reason always. Right. If you're so small-minded and then tell people to be open-minded of, of all possibilities and realms. Like, okay, well, then listen to me sometimes, too. Yeah. But it's out there. And it's weird. But I think that's going to wrap it for this one. Sounds good. You got anything else you want to throw in? No. Interesting tidbit there. That's uh, that's what we're here for, to enlighten your minds with some weird... Okay. I almost forgot. Um, It goes along with the movie references. When you look at the chemical composition, when it's drawn out, Mm -hmm. you know in the movie The Matrix where they say, follow the white rabbit? Yes. The white rabbit gets referred to a lot with adrenochrome because when you draw it out, and I'll put a picture up on our socials and stuff Mm -hmm. of the chemical uh, drawing of it. It looks like a rabbit. It looks like a rabbit. And that's the reference to the white rabbit. And they say that's the reference in the matrix follow the white rabbit to find the truth and find reality. Huh? So anyway, we'll leave it there. Like it. Yeah. And we'll catch you guys next. Follow week. the white rabbit. <laughs> follow the white rabbit. Go down the rabbit hole. Rabbit. Rabbit. We'd like to take a second and thank you all for tuning in and ask if you would just give us a little rating and maybe just maybe a little review. Now, this helps us out tremendously when we get feedback from you guys and helps us continue to improve the podcast. If you don't want to do that, you can feel free to shoot us an email at readyconspiracy1 at yahoo.com. And if you don't want to do either of those things, then that's fine, too. We just hope you enjoy the show.